listening to your wrestling podcast fix. New weekly episodes of Insecurity on iTunes and SoundCloud.com. And I want to give it all to you. Yeah, right on. I'm right here for you. I know it's going to be good to you. Yeah. And I'll tell you why, baby. Yo. Hey. What's up? What's going on? Nothing much. What's going on with you? Nothing. I just want to talk about some wrestling. Oh, I love oh, this wrestling. is Fran, by the way. Oh, this is DB. Oh, look, I'm calling already. This is JCL. And he didn't even do an introduction. Oh, not yet. Hello? Hey, hey, how are you doing, Tim? I'm DB Richards. This is Fran. We already did this part. This is JCL. How are you guys doing tonight? Good. You're doing great. Before we start... DB, you need to do an introduction for our interview tonight. Oh yes, we got um. So you're in on um, one CW um in the grouped um. Oh my gosh, I had this written down. Holy crap, I messed up. <laughs> um, the nail air. Yes. Okay, Tim Taylor is on the line with us today, dude. I have it all the way down, and and I haven't. Moved anything around. He just had a little brain fart. It'll be okay. Yeah, it better not keep going. <laughs> What's going on with you, man? Nothing much. It's another day on the road. So, um, okay, um, I want to start off and talk about the beginning of your career. Um, who trained you? Um, what was the best thing they taught you in this business? Uh, I was trained at the Right Coast Pro Wrestling School in uh, Bear, Delaware. The trainers were Mozart Fontaine, JJ the Crew Guy Johnson, and uh, Jim Kettner. The was our was probably the most influential to me. JJ the Ring Crew Guy. I know that guy. He tried to hit on my mom before. <laughs> that was a that's a that's a story for another time. ECWA. So. So, I don't really need to hear this story. That's going to be a good one. <laughs> I, I'll tell you about it later. <laughs> so, um, what the, what, okay, we know who Mozart is. He was one part of the Chick Magnets. What was his, um, the best thing he taught you in his business? It was a German suplexes because you got a sick one, that's for sure. <laughs> no, they actually did not want to go over Germans with me. They did not want to, uh, I asked to, to work on it there. They denied me that request. Why's that? Uh, they said nobody would want to take that and that it's too dangerous to do, even though I've been training in amateur Greco and freestyle wrestling for about 10 years up to that point. Well, clearly they were wrong because you do it like perfect. almost as perfect as Kurt Angle's were. Well, Kurt Angle was a very big influence on me when I first uh, decided to watch wrestling, so. So that was like. So that was my next question. Who inspired you to get into the business? Uh, Kurt Angle was a big one. I loved watching uh, Brian Danielson back in his Ring of Honor days. Nigel McGuinness was a great one. I loved the hard-hitting style and the technical expertise between the two. And just like the actual like true wrestling behind it, which is what got me into the amateur wrestling when I was younger. Okay. Did you go to college for him? Did you go to college for amateur wrestling? Yes, I was recruited to wrestle at the State University of New York in Oneonta. So, question: um, When you were in um, and um, the wrestling there, were you allowed to do train to be in pro wrestling or no? No, that was nobody really gave a shit about pro wrestling in the amateur wrestling world. Okay, they all they all hated it because that's what everyone considered what they thought wrestling was about and what half the guys thought they were going to be doing when they got there. Well, one of the guys that's always kind of been very um, vocal of uh, amateur wrestling, obviously, is Kurt Angle. But I remember during an interview, I think it was with TMZ, when they were asking him, and you could tell that he was kind of, um, maybe not agitated, but it's like, yeah, you guys are kind of being stupid asking this. But he, they were saying, like, oh, were you thinking about getting back in? And, I mean, he, he was already, like, in his late 40s or whatever he is at now and he was like no um 
like amateur wrestling is no joke and basically at that at this point in time of his career it would just not be a wise decision so yeah typically past the age of 25 you're typically winding down in uh, amateur wrestling yeah it's just a completely separate animal in itself so. yeah oh it's it's a rough one it's constant you're constantly a pain you're constantly watching your weight your diet making sure you're at seven percent body fat if not less your training regimens you're working on your uh technique workouts building muscle but staying lean cardio needs to be up there it's it's an animal all in itself when it comes to um when it comes to amateur wrestling i mean um what do you find that's more uh takes requires more work as far as like the professional side goes is it more of like the theatrical aspects of it they both they both have their difficulties being in shape for both is a very high priority for amateur wrestling i think it's more so in for realistic reasons it's you are literally trying to be the best competitor out there as far as pro wrestling goes you need to add in that charismatic aspect and theater like uh, thought process behind it so it's going to be hard for a lot of people to get that character work in there it's either you got it or you don't right <clears throat> so if if you have that personality to where you can just bump that shit up you're good you're able to learn the amateur wrestling you're able to learn all the technique in the world it's depending on how fast you're going to get to it but if you have that character you're gold so what was your weight um class in um, amateur wrestling uh through high school i was a 112 and then senior year i was 120 college i wrestled 125 and where are you at now i'm probably about a buck 50 buck 60 oh you made 205 buddy <laughs> oh yeah so um Pumping that shit out <laughs> so you started you started with retro right coast pro. pro so um yes. What was your who was your first opponent? Uh, my first opponent. I was immediately thrown into a tag team. When I got there. I was paired off with Sean Royal. We created the Heavyweights 2.0, the second version of it. Because back in the day, he was at the Heavyweights with Dan Echoes, who is now one of the referees for WWE. Yeah, yeah. I remember. I remember um, Dan Echoes. Yeah, the Heavyweights and all. Yeah. So, so me and Sean face against the Baldwin brothers, who are mainstays at Right Coast Pro still to this day. Okay. Question. Did um, Royals ever teach you anything in the ring about tag team wrestling? Sean Royal taught me a lot about psychology. That was his... He was very, very smart as far as in-ring psychology goes. And about a lot of those guys at Right Coast Pro are Mozart and Jim Kettner. All oh, were great minds for psychology and character work. It's phenomenal. Sean Royal's been doing the same character for, I think, uh, 10, 12 years, and he's more over now than ever in yeah. that area. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, what was your favorite moment in that company? Uh, you know, I have a couple. The very first one was the first moment I ever had there was, I think, my third match as a professional wrestler and we had a four-team ladder match to have the inaugural tag team champions and in the end i got speared off from dangling from the belts from a what's his name harry m baldwin from the top of the ladder oh we recreated the edge edge and jeff hardy WrestleMania. oh gosh that that, that's scary like falling oh yeah were you ever? Oh, yeah, ref- are you scared of heights? Oh, I hate heights. <laughs> so, I hate it. So, which one would it be worse for the person taking the spear or the person giving it from that from that height? Uh, well, it's paying the ass for the guy giving it because they have to make sure the other guy lands safe and they don't drop him on their head. Correct. But uh, taking it did not feel great. I was sore for a full week. Oh gosh, remember? Oh, yeah. God. Um, I don't think I had a concussion. I didn't feel like going to get checked. Yeah. I, I think Devon Dudley was scared of heights. 
and he never wanted uh, to get up that high. Well, whenever it comes to any ladder matches, it always looks like it's not as high as high up as it actually is. Mm-hmm. And then when you look down, you're like, oh my gosh, what the hell? Um, so, um, what other companies have you worked for? I seen you worked for CZW for a minute. Yes, I've been doing CZW. I've been part of their Dojo Wars program for a little bit over a year now. How's that going uh, for you? Oh, it's great. It's a lot of fun. Um, I, I get to work with uh, Jordan Oliver a couple times recently, and that's always been fun matches. Uh, and then we are finishing up their current Tournament of Valor. Okay. And the winner uh, is like a G1 version of uh, their roster. And the winner gets a challenge for their uh, champion of valor. Okay, okay. Um, um, one CW. Um, I see that you work there too, with the whole. Yes, I am part of the now era, along with uh, Money Mark Carlson, the cruiserweight champion, and my tag team partner Miles Millennium, Mongo, and our newest addition is Killian McMurphy. Okay. Um, you and Miles, do you still go by Killing the Business, too, as a tag team name? Yep, whenever we get to work together as a tag team, we are always going to be KTB. Oh, I love I love that. I love that name, you know what I mean? I still need to get a shirt off you sometime soon. Yeah, yeah whenever I get to see you, I'll, I'll have it on me all the time. Okay, that'd be great. Um, where are we at on this list? Um, okay, who, who was your... Like, favorite, epic favorite opponent you wrestled so far? My favorite opponent, I have I, I have three. Two are just for the having, like, a good chemistry off the bat and being able to put on fun matches together is with Miles and Jordan Oliver. Those are two of my favorite for just our styles just clicked perfectly. And then... I my last match at Right Coast Pro, I worked with Sean Donovan, and oh. the storytelling match that was my, by far my favorite. I'm a fan of Sean Donovan. Donovan. Oh, oh my Donovan's gosh, great! I love working with him. I don't know why nobody had picked him up yet. Dude is really amazing what he does. You know, he was on Impact against Ace Austin. Oh, was not it? too long ago. Dude, they needed somebody needs to sign him, man. He's he's a good talent. Oh, he's great. Him and Dan Moff are killing it right now in uh, tag team wrestling. Yes, they are. Yes, they are. Seen them take out um um Frankie Picard, um Mr. Grimm, and somebody else in the ring at um 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 Pro Wrestling at the Dark. They came out and they yeah. just. Yeah, they're a couple of bad dudes right there. Oh, yeah. Um, out of, like, um, big-name stars, you know, they were in WWE or um, Impact, um, who was your – have you wrestled anybody yet with that um, statue? Um, I've – well, I wrestled Anthony Bennett a few times. He's been on the uh, WWE Cruiserweight Classic. Okay. I wrestled him a couple times at uh, CZW where he's uh, – mainstay right now for Dojo Wars. Okay, okay. But other than that, I haven't had uh, too much of a chance to work with some of these guys. Um, I've been in the locker room with Brian Pillman Jr., who was a great kid. Back yeah. when he was first uh, getting started, he was at Dojo Wars. Uh, here's, uh, here's a question. Speaking of, like, the um, people on the, like, Ring of Honor, WWE, like, anybody in those companies... Who do you look at that you will go, you know what, I really wish I can, like, I think that with this person's chemistry in mind that we could put together a really good match? Oh, God, there's, there's, I would love to wrestle a lot of people. Honest to God, I don't care who it is. I feel like I can have a good match with just about anyone as long as they put in the effort. Well, who's the and... first, who, who's the first person that comes to mind? Like, even if you have to think about it. I would have a fun match with uh, Ken Dixon. He's part of the Ring of Honor, Future of Honor program right now. Yeah, yeah. Him and Brian Johnson. Okay. Those two I would love to tear it up with. They are some up-and-coming names. So to be able to work with them would be phenomenal. To be able to tell a great story with them 
I was ta- I was talking to um, Drew Blood um, a couple weeks back. Um, he was telling me, um, "Do you ever go in the ring and not like talk about anything starting the match? You know what I mean, and just do everything on the fly? Have you ever done that before?" Where see? everything yeah, is in- at, improvised. At this point, me and Miles can do that because we've worked together and against each other so many times. We've trained together. Towards like all we need to know. All right, who's winning? Got it. We will just go whatever. We'll figure something out. Are there any wrestlers that you've ever gone against where they've had to plan things ahead of time? Oh, everyone. Just about everyone I've ever uh, wrestled with. Well, except think... for like a handful of vets knew what they were doing. They were like, all right, we got the finish. Here's the opening. We'll figure everything else out in the middle. Yeah, because... Just about I mean... everyone is... <clears throat> Yeah, Let's because depending on um, depending on who you talk to, like there's always like people that'll say, yeah, um, if I work against this person, then we could like improvise something on the fly. But then other people, it's a little more meticulous on how a match um, uh, spans out. So now sometimes I'm that way. I like to have it all in my head because I feel like I can just about remember most of the things until we get out there. It's like, oh shit. Yeah. What's that next spot? I like to like over plan, have it all there. Yeah. And then go out there and then feel it out and then we'll just take shit out. Okay, I I, I noticed I noticed when you're uh, the gimmick, the chewing the back of gimmick and you say dip up and all that. When where do you get started with that? Uh I always work from the end of the match back. Okay. We figure out the finish. We need to get that figured out, and then what makes sense leading up to it. Okay. Because you can plan out the beginning, have a fantastic opening, but if it doesn't make sense for the finish that you're given, you guys start from square one. So that's what I was always told: start from the finish, work back. Okay. And it hasn't proved me wrong thus far yet. I'm sure I've had some pretty shitters. <laughs> Okay, the chewing tobacco part of the gimmick. <laughs> um, when you say dip up and all that, when did that start? Like, like you start using that gimmick? Um, the idea was given to me by a preacher. He was a trainer at CZW for a while. Now he helps out at H2O. Okay. We got we got done a dojo wars. He goes, you know what? You kind of remind me of a jackass redneck <laughs> uh, I was like, well I do live in Cecil County Maryland where we're known for uh, pretty hillbilly-ish styles there you think you pull one off I was like hold my beer I'll give you the best damn redneck you ever seen <laughs> and then about two weeks later I came into Dojo Wars with my uh, overall singlet can of dip <laughs> and uh, as soon as I came out, I got a standing ovation from the crowd that night. That's awesome. I was like, God damn, this was easy. I didn't do shit. <laughs> I oh. take one damn bump. I'm going to go back. So what is your favorite chewing tobacco to have? What was that? What's your favorite chewing tobacco? Quite a bit. It'll just go by skull, get the peppermint. But the old lady does not like uh, like me chewing too much. So now it's just reserved for the matches. Just for the matches, huh? Just for the matches. She goes, I swear to God, you come home with that pack lip, I'm gonna bust it out your mouth. <laughs> I'm like, all right, you throw some stiffer punches than most guys in the ring, so I'll do what you want. <laughs> so, um. I'm trying to think. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Okay, okay, so here, no, here's a question while he's trying to think of it. So this is actually a question that DB over here likes to ask people on a regular basis. Oh, is it the soil one? Yeah, you can go ahead. So um, have you um, soiled yourself in the match? <laughs> no, I did hear a story about uh, Mr. Pillman Jr. Oh, I was there for that one. Yeah, talk about what the crowd was chanting. Were they were they like chanting like "Where's your tights?" Where's your tights? Yeah, the, the fans started chanting "Where's your tights?" at uh, Magic Pro Wrestling Magic. Oh, God. Oh, DJ High told me about that a couple weeks ago. He goes, 
Dan Moff chopped him so hard he shit himself. <laughs> I was. Oh god. <laughs> I I. I was there for it, so that was funny. Um, we t- I, this is the only reason why I asked this question. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's just kind of become a mainstay for uh, interviews. <laughs> Have you ever shit your tights? Yeah, shit your tights. It's like it's a. Oh god, I I feel so bad for him because he's such a nice kid, but oh shit, <laughs> I started dying when DJ said he shit himself and had to go back out later. Yeah. Because um, who was it? I think it was Drew Blood. Told me he's like, yeah, he came back. To, he's like, eh, I shit myself, and <laughs> Drew started cracking up. <laughs> oh Jesus Christ! I could not stop laughing when I heard that. Holy hell! And then when he came out for the Royal Rumble, um, everybody started like, "Where's your tights? Where's your tights?" And he stopped and started like. Chanting with him, you know what I mean? Because he had a different pair on. Oh, yeah. So. I think DJ said he either had a different pair of tights or he's wearing his fucking boxers out. I, I didn't notice. I think they were just uh, different tights. They were short tights. Is that something that wrestlers do? They're like, we need to have a spare set of tights just in case because I don't want to borrow somebody else's. Do you? Well, you know, I was told when I first got into the business by Jim Kettner, you need to have multiple sets of gear because... You can't show up wearing the same gear to, a, to a, if you're working the same company. You can't wear the same set of gear uh, back to back. If you wear separate gear, it's going to set you apart from somebody else. Right. <clears throat> okay. He, he told that to Charlie Haas when he first got to WWE because they were showing him on Raw, SmackDown, and whatever Velocity or Heat. They said you better have a different set of gear for each show, so that way management sees that you're being different. Okay, that makes you sense. you see guys wearing the same set of gear for every show they go to. Yeah, did they, I... they're just the same old, same old shit. That's that's very true. Um, what is your theme music? Uh, well, for my redneck shit I do, I come out to uh, the Country Boy song by Earl's Dibble Jr. Okay. Which I heard from a friend was it's like a like a parody song. I was like, you know what? This sounds pretty damn good. I'm going to use this shit. (laughs) And then at CZW, I come out to some other shit because I'm given a whole... I started the redneck gimmick there, and then they said, all right, we're changing it up when uh, Preacher left. We're putting you in some cult gimmick. What? So, So completely ditch your redneck... And shut the fuck up, don't talk. <laughs> <laughs> oh, damn. Um, thanks. There goes your character. <laughs> I know. I was like, well, fuck. <laughs> trying to get some shit over, guys. Trying to sell some shit. They're like, nope. You're going to be silent, beat the shit out of people, and you're going to be a part of this cult, so don't say a goddamn word. Okay, they, what is this cult they gimmick? To, they tried to Dan Sever on you. <laughs> so I'm what like, is oh, this cult gimmick? I thought I was pretty good at talking shit. Whatever. <laughs> Fuck you guys, then. So what is this cold gimmick? Uh, I'm part of a group called The Endless. Okay. Uh, it is me, a one of the CCW trainees named Meatbag. <laughs> and, listen, I don't pick the names. Okay. Is there any reason I, why I, you got that name? I or? show up. What was that? Is there any reason why I got that name, or did they just say, you're going to be called Meatbag? Uh, it originally started out as a dude named Henrik's group. He called it the Henrik family, and he said, you're my Meatbag. You take my beatings, and I reward you. So he was just... <laughs> but then he got the boot. So we had come up with a new name, and we uh, added... Uh, a guy goes by Violence. At it, a whole bunch of different places right now. Does he have like a rat? Oh. <laughs> uh, no. He goes by the viral villain, Violence. Does, like, he, formerly, does he have a rat? Formerly known as Josh Adams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was thinking Josh Adams. He, at Pro Wrestling Dark, he had a mouse with him, dressed up, and he brought it to the ring. Okay, I know who he is. And then we, uh, we are all a unit. Josh and uh, Meatbag, they're the tag team, and I'm the guy who just 
decides to show up and beat up people. <laughs> Here's a question. I yell, I uh, yell fuck once in a while. <laughs> yeah, DB just mentioned something about rat, and I almost forgot about this. So, do ring rats still exist? And if they do, where are they? Uh, I haven't heard of a few ring rats. Uh, Miles is the one to talk to about that. I am happily engaged. I show up, do my job, and I leave. But do you ever have a time where maybe one will go up and you have to be like, no, sorry, I'm kind of taken, so... Uh, I try to stay away from any opportunities that... I try to stay away, to stay from, away from anything from, that from could the scenarios, give me trouble yeah. at all. <laughs> <laughs> Makes sense, and... So, um... Swearing. That gets me in trouble a good bit. <laughs> So, do you have any road stories? You know, I, I've had a road story with Miles, because he's typically the only person I get to travel with for a while. <laughs> we were we got asked to do this little uh, little shit show, and it was, it was being hosted in the H2O arena. I can't even remember the company's name. I didn't even ask. I was like, all right, you want us to do this? I was like, all right, I'm only working with Miles. They said, all right, sure, fine. Here's your pay. Here's our time. I was like, all right, cool. Me and Miles are barely talking about what the fuck we were going to do. We get there. Miles is pissed. There was no back locker room to change in. We didn't know what time we were up. Like, all right, you're up next as soon as we get there. We're changing behind the curtain right before we were going out. He's like, fuck, fuck. We don't even know what the fuck we're doing. I was like, yeah, it's fine. We'll figure shit out. He's just getting all worked up and pissed off. Which is what I wanted from the start because uh, it was before we made a debut for H2O. Because I knew Matt Tremont was going to be there because he was writing to people that he didn't know. And Miles getting all worked up and he works better in the ring when he's pissed off. Yeah. Then he doesn't give he doesn't give a shit if he actually hits me or not. <laughs> oh, whenever I work him and he's fine, he barely touches me or he misses, and I get pissed off at him for it. <laughs> so I got him all worked up he's all pissed off we go out there he's livid working the crowd he's all pissed off working his character I'm loving it because he's actually laying in his shit for once <laughs> when he get done he, we get to the back he's all pissed off he goes like, fuck this shit I'm like hey that was pretty fun he goes fuck you <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and then old Matt Tremont came to the back he goes guys see me in my office so that was that was probably the best road story I had for me and Miles that is awesome that is awesome I think I know what show that was (laughs) I definitely know what show that was (laughs) it was a shit show (laughs) Uh, I, I got a question um, at, um, what's a move in wrestling you feel like is like you, in your opinion, you feel like is overused or just overdone, and you just hate having to deal with it all the time? You know, in today's age, with how popular wrestling is, where everything you can see it online, any streaming service, everything's overdone at this point. Everything's being done. Like even the fucking German that I do, everyone fucking does a German nowadays. Mm. But it used to be. A, technical wrestlers move but now you see all the flippy guys doing this shit too mm-hmm. what about the leg slap the what <laughs> the leg slap for the sound effect <laughs> that is the most overused move in the world I, I think i think lance storm had a tweet about that before he was like i saw i literally saw somebody the other day doing a leg slap for a knife edge chop <laughs> <laughs> that's for the people who can't fucking chop <laughs> Uh, just lay that shit in. Quit being a puss. <laughs> I'll tell you what. The nicest thing that's ever happened to me is I got to work with Brutal Bob at the last 1CW show. He's working me on the outside. I'm, I was fucking sore. We just worked the night before. And Bob comes up to me. He's getting ready to chop me. He goes, this isn't going to hurt a bit. And then he puts his hand over his other and chops his own hand. What? <laughs> I was like, oh, God. I was like, Bob, that was the most work shit I've ever seen, but thank you for doing that tonight. I needed that. Yeah, I, 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 I don't need some, uh, I don't need some Walter Welts on the chest. Right. Uh, 
Okay, I got a question. Who has the hardest chop you ever had? You know, I have not been shot by them, but the meanest chops I've ever seen were by uh, David McCall and DJ Hyde, CCW. Yeah. yeah. Like, holy shit, those motherfuckers can chop. I've The hardest I've been chopped was by Tahir James. He left like a handprint on me for a week. Oh, shit. <laughs> I got him back. I got him to bleed off his chest, so I guess we were even then. <laughs> Here's your receipt. But, yeah, Dave and DJ will fucking leave you bleeding in, like, one chop. Oh, gosh. Oh, God. That, Whenever I watch their matches, I walk down the hall, hear him chop, and it sounds like a shotgun. You ever have any wrestlers that, like, that'll be like, don't don't chop me. They, they refuse to take t- chops. Uh, I have guys who say that they don't like being chopped, and that's when I typically chop them anyways. <laughs> it's like, don't I'm say that, that you don't like chops, I'll chop you harder. Like, and I suck at the knife edge chops, I am terrible at the Ric Flair ones, so I'm the asshole who does the overhand. The overhand chops? <laughs> I'm the asshole who does the oh. overhand, because that's the only one I can get noise off of. Yeah. So I, I apologize to them afterwards. But I'm gonna... I, don't, I, don't even, I don't pre-warn them. I just fucking do it. <laughs> we're, we're in there, so you mu- if you're going to fucking move, everyone's going to know you're going to be a puss, so. <laughs> oh, gosh. And plus, not telling them they won't step up either. <laughs> you know, I don't like to do it too often. I'm not going to, like, over-chop somebody, but if I'm going to chop you, it's going to be laid in. I like to lay in my stuff because I like it to look as legitimate as possible. And I expect them to do the same to me, because I'm pretty sure Miles already told you guys that. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, Miles My- told us that you were the reason why he started going to other promotions and testing yeah. out his style. So that's awesome. Yeah, you know, I tra- when we were training, I was getting towards the tail end of being there. Uh, it- I told them I wanted to start moving other places, I want to do more. And they said, well... If you want to work other places, then you can't be here. So oh, either stay here or go. And that's their preference. So I was like, all right, you know what? Fine. I'll start traveling. And then I saw Miles wasn't being happy the way he was being booked there. Yeah. Uh, and I was like, you know what, Miles? Whenever we worked at practice, we had pretty good chemistry. If you want, I got a car seat ready. Going to one CW. Uh, I know the booker pretty well. Pretty good friends. Pretty sure I can get you a match. Yeah, they got the they got the Keener thing coming up on the tenth. Yeah, and lo and behold, after that match, they've been booking him uh, ever since. Looking pretty good too. Dude, getting the cruiserweight title is kind of awesome. You know what I mean? That's an honor of getting a title, right? Yeah, it was fun being in that match with him too. Have, have you held any titles yet? Uh. In Right Coast Pro, I was a three-time tag team champion. Okay. But everywhere else, I have not been able to hold a title. I just haven't been having more fun working these matches. I just, I don't give a shit about the titles. I just love being in the ring and working. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which one do you prefer, um, tag team wrestling or singles? Um, I prefer singles matches because it's a lot easier to fucking plan a match that way and work a match. More people you add, the more of a clusterfuck it becomes. Yeah. I feel like I'm pretty good working tags. Just standard two on two tags. I'm perfectly fine. When we add more fucking people, fuck me. You better give us some more time or else I'm going to shit my pants. <laughs> I'm going to pull a pillman. <laughs> pulling a pillman. Oh, that, that's going to be the new thing, pulling a pillman. Exactly. I like that. I don't want to pull the pillman now. Oh god! If that becomes a thing, I'm sorry for him because he's such a nice kid. Like I know there's a lot of pro wrestlers that shit themselves in the ring. They couldn't get it because their stomach ache and all that stuff. You know what I mean? Or they just got hit too hard. Yeah, or they got hit too hard. You know, I got sick once. I partied one night before a show, not thinking anything of it because I was fucking 21 at the time. Yeah, thinking I can handle my shit. And then the next day, we had a seminar with uh, Mike Hollow, who's the former Chaotic trainer, trained Kofi and uh, Warbeard Hanson. 
and Tomasa Champa. Yeah. And we had a <laughs> seminar with him. But that morning, I was sick as a dog, fucking uh, bumping around, and then fucking Mozart Fontaine's like, all right, I'm going to do a fucking uh, gut buster. Then we're going to do a fucking backbreaker, and then another uh, knee to the gut. I'm like, please not. Because, <laughs> all right, now we're going to do uh, rope running drills. And I'm fucking, as soon as I get done, I went over the ropes, sprinted to the bathroom, and just hurled for 10 solid minutes I come back and uh one of the guys who still works there uh Cecil Wildlife Cecil World is like I can smell the beer that you had last night I go can you he goes yingling I was like go fuck yourself (laughs) (laughs) do you have any questions yeah, here's one. This is this is actually going way back because you were just talking about the rope running drills. It kind of reminded me of something. So, I remember um, Kettner and Mozart because they had their one wrestling school like like way way back. And um, so a friend of mine that was training with them, like he said, "Yeah, do you want to have a tryout with them?" And I said, "Yeah, sure." So a couple of the things that they were that Kettner was asking, he was like, "Okay, let's see you take a back bump. Let's see you like run the, the basic stuff or whatever." And um, I remember the back bumps were like not that big of an issue. But then I think the next day I was like, "Son of a bitch! I got the biggest rope burn under my arm." Was there anything that when you first started out you might have thought originally it was like, "Okay, this what this doesn't really look like a big deal," but then you're like, "Wow, this actually really sucks." Well, actually, in, in, in that regard, then, how about with, uh, when you were doing the amateur wrestling, like, even back further? So, amateur wrestling, the thing that really fucked me up was getting into Greco and Roman and freestyle wrestling, because that's where the German suplexes and all these fucking throws came into play. Mm. And there's no such thing as an illegal uh, throw or illegal slam, so you can drop somebody however the fuck you wanted. Mm. And the first time I got thrown over somebody's head I just about got knocked out because I got German suplex on the top of my head did you kind of did you kind of question to yourself you're like man what did I get myself into (laughs) no because I I I like it I I'm retarded so (laughs) I just remember getting so pissed off because I was winning the match and the guy was like nationally ranked I was like alright I got this shit I'm the only guy on my team whooping this guy's ass and then Referee blows the whistle for the match to restart. The guy ducks under me, gets behind me. I was like, oh, well, fuck this. It's going to hurt. <laughs> and then German suplexes me, like, picture perfect, right on my head. Oh. Ref blows the whistle, match done, and I'm on the ground for, like, another 10 seconds trying to figure out where the fuck I'm at. Oh, shit. I remember getting up. Coach was like, what happened? And I was like, I don't fucking know. He's really good. <laughs> like, that shit came out of nowhere. Yeah, <clears throat> I thought I had him. Fuck me. Um, before we get done this, um, do you have any more any other stories that you would like to tell us? Oh, fuck. <laughs> now, I can tell you all the Kettner stories, but they are some dirty ass stories that motherfucker would tell. Yeah, I've heard uh, some uh, interesting things about Kettner. Uh, Kettner's one of the funniest dudes that I've ever met. Funny as hell. Ah, uh, you know what? I do have a story. Gene Snitsky. Ooh. Uh, Gene, I was still at Right Coast Pro, and he was a uh, heavyweight champion there for a bit. Okay. And one of the first times he came into the locker room, we were all getting changed. Everyone's being quiet because everyone's buck-ass naked, not really want to talk while your dick's hanging out. <laughs> <laughs> Big-ass, six-foot-eight, Jack Snitsky comes back there. He's like, I'm going to get changed now drops his drawers and then he's his shit's by the light switch and he turns off the lights has the highest pitched squeal I've ever heard then he flicks the lights back on and he's got like this blank stare he goes I just scared myself made myself shit <laughs> oh shit it wasn't my fault it wasn't my fault <laughs> and it's literally what he said next he goes it wasn't my fault though <laughs> 
guys did not expect that high pitch of a squeal to come out of a big ass motherfucker like Gene Snitsky in my life. Oh shit! <laughs> That's an awesome story. With dick out and all, he's just squealing. <laughs> Oh my god. Mm. So, do you have any upcoming dates that you would like to tell us? Fuck. I think I follow my own dates. I am. <laughs> that's what I have the. That's what I have the lady for. She keeps track of all my shit. Or Miles, Miles would just text me like, "Hey, you kidding me tomorrow? Uh, I don't know what the fuck we got going on tomorrow." <laughs> that kind of reminds of like one of the uh, interviews we did. I think it was with Frankie, where. Uh... He was like, "Yeah, I got the show coming up with uh, I forgot the let, let, let me check the company name again." Like, <laughs> I right, so now I got CCW every Wednesday night at uh, Voorhees, New Jersey, okay. at the uh, the Sports Coliseum, I think is what it's called, or the Fight Coliseum. I don't fucking know. <laughs> <laughs> it's something Coliseum for for anybody that's following that uh, wants to. For anybody that wants to look up anything on on you as far as like social media goes, um, like, do you have any pages? Yeah, my Facebook page is the same thing as uh, my current one. It's uh, Tim Taylor. You can follow me at TaylorMade Wrestling on Instagram. And I don't fucking post on Twitter. I fucking suck at Twitter. <laughs> I am not the David Star of Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude, it's it's hard to remember to write stuff on Twitter. That kind of reminds me of the uh, when Dean Amber was like he put when he put up his Twitter he was like yeah they asked me to pull up a Twitter so here it is and that was it. <laughs> uh. <clears throat> so anything to close us out or? Hey, you got anything for us? Anything to close us out? Ah, uh, fuck! I don't think I got shit. Dude, I love <laughs> this guy. Oh my gosh. Fuck shit. I love that shit. <laughs> you know what? I just show up. I jerk and suplex people. I give them a stiff-ass forearm, and I take it home with a brain buster, and that's about it. <laughs> I, I do I do have a que- I do have a question to close it out. Um, You you met Brian Sosha before, right? Oh, I love Brian Sosha. you have any inspiring stories about the guy? You know, Brian Sosha helped me when I was uh, leading Rikos Pro because I was still trying to figure out. I'm, I still consider myself new. I'm only about four years in. Uh, I always ask him for character advice. What should I do? Like, what type of? How can I be the biggest dickhead anyone's ever met? <laughs> and the best thing he said to me is like, just be yourself. Yeah. Like, oh, thank you, Brian. I. I <laughs> Best no, advice he, ever. <laughs> he, gives, he gives me a lot of advice whenever I shoot him a message, and whenever I talk to him, he goes, "Yo, why don't you fucking call when I'm on the air for ninety three point three? Ninety three point seven. Yeah, STW. Ninety three. Yeah. That's yeah, what. Ninety three point seven. Huh? He's like, I don't want to bother you. He goes, "Fuck it. Give me a call. Give him a call." He 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 um he um shouted my name on there one night. So, he'll shout your name out there. God, God knows I need the publicity. I ain't shit. <laughs> I hope this helps you. You know what I mean? Uh, I hope so, too. People are still wondering who the fuck is Tim Taylor. I don't prove he's not on TV anymore. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. It was a pleasure. It was a pleasure. Yeah, it was great having you on. Oh, yeah, it was real fun. Uh, thank you, guys. It was a lot of fun. If you if you're going to one CW for the Keener Day thing, give me a shout um give me a shout out. I'll come up and see you guys. Uh, Miles is definitely on it. I don't think I'm booked for the Keener event. Okay. I think they are fully staffed with the uh, uh, Northern Tier Wrestling and the one uh, CW, and I think they have a few of the uh, Synergy and like H two O guys on that show. So it's gonna be a good one. Yeah yeah yeah. I'm thinking about going up there. I know Dave Keener, his Mike Keener's brother Dave wants to go. He asked me to give him a ride. I, so, I would definitely go. go. It's going to be a good-ass show. Yeah. You should go. You want to know why? Because you love wrestling. I do love wrestling. Exactly. <laughs> I love supporting indie wrestling, wrestling, too. That's right. Support indie wrestling. Okay. This is E.B. Richards. Oh, this is Fran. Yeah. This is JCL. And, uh, and our guest. Our guest, Tim Taylor. Not the guy on Home Machine, Tim Taylor. <laughs> <laughs>
All right, man. Take it easy. Have Thank a good night. See you. So we got um, yeah, it was a good interview. Oh, that was great. Um, Tim, I forgot to say this on when we're on the phone. Thank you. Welcome to the family. Um, what else is lined up coming up? Um, lined up, we got Pan, um, Picky Sanchez next. Picky um, Sanchez. March 3rd. And then March 17th, we got uh, Christina Marie, indie wrestler. Um, that's our first female, so I can't wait to have our first female on the show. And the 31st, Drew Blood. And then I'm still working on our 100th episode. So that falls, hard. That falls under WrestleMania weekend? Yes. Awesome. So we could totally do the interview early and just get it out of the way. We can watch WrestleMania, do all that. And... When are we going to have a get-together for TakeOver? TakeOver? We never do a TakeOver or get-together, and those are the best shows. I know. Like, everybody's all gung-ho for every other show except for the best shows. The crazy thing is, I would love to get together on... But I need to figure out where I'm at money-wise right now. You'll be fine. You got the big bucks. No, like, this needs this needs a lot of money to get fixed. Yeah? Yeah. Just call up Isaac Yankum. Get a hold of Monty. <laughs> we got any shout-outs before we uh, hop off here? Um, I would like to thank every independent wrestler that comes on the show. All of them. All of them. That comes on the show. Fuck the rest of them. No, when they come on the show, then then, then, then all of a sudden it's all good. But otherwise, go fuck yourself. No, <laughs> no. Um, I would like to thank um other um companies like um like other um podcast groups like Wrestle Cave and who else? Yes, thank you. Mark Wrestle- Out Club. Melko, Melko. Yes. Thank you, thank Mark you for all Out the. Uh, Ma- Dude, I have a lisp right now. It's kind of hard. Okay, Jack Swagger. Thank you. Wait, Jack Swagger like whoops people's asses. Um, <laughs> no, so any of the ones that actually like let us post on our page, thank yeah, you, thank you much very appreciated. much. Um, and there's a lot of you, and I, re- Captain Davis, not a one. He lets us post stuff on there. And Frankie for always posting up. Us oh my gosh! On, on Twitter all the time, dude. I love Frankie. He's a good friend. Um, great traveling buddy. When I go to shows now. <laughs> Listen to Backstreet Boys on the way up. <laughs> um, Let's see. We got Joshua's five takes. We also have uh, we have James Voice who's working on the league. He's actually one of the leads on it right now. Um, he posted something on there not too long ago. Yeah. So one of the things that I wanted to talk about, and we'll talk about this more later off, off the air, was... Uh, possibly having a separate page for the league but still like having it so so basically like anybody that wants to participate in it like it's separated from the actual group page Hmm. it just makes it easier for like organ organization and everything and the people that aren't interested don't have to see that every pay-per-view that's good that's good idea i say it right now so that maybe we can like look back and be like yeah we did talk about that no, I like that idea. Because every single time I ask Weiss, he's like, Dave didn't tell me about this stuff. I'm like, what? I talk to you all the time about it. We need more communication. Yeah, no. That's not a bad idea. But as a group page? Well, it would just be the league. That's it. I mean, it would be just... We'll talk about that another time. Yeah, yeah. Any other pages? Oh. I don't feel like Double Dropkick, two cool guys who love wrestling and the can blue we, meaning. Can you just go and back? Marty and, and and Virgil and his 20 bucks. And uh, and we're, we still need to get, oh, and and the Keener Report and George Paul Marino. And uh, I'm, I'm talking shit right now. I know you are. I always like to say thank you to um, Bay Ragney and his total driven stuff. He was a great... Yes, Chubby dude, Dudley. Dude, he still he still um, packs us up and see he, another another podcast host that we did an interview with. We do interviews with hosts. Yes. Okay, X Pac. It wasn't X Pac. It was his um. Secretary. No, it was X Pac. Okay. You think it's X Pac? Because who do you think told him all that stuff? But we can't talk too much crap about the click because we want Scott all. 
No, right? I don't Keener? have Keener. Yeah. Shut up! It's okay. It's all fake news until it happens. This is uh, a this is a wrestling podcast. We talk about shit. Yeah. But I don't know. I'm trying to get too cold for our hundred episode. You know who else we need to get? Virgil. Uh, You'd ask for too much money. Virgil will probably do it though. Yeah, if we could, yeah, if we give him a coupon for Waffle House. Yeah, <laughs> maybe buy him some Olive Garden. <laughs> Dude, I still there's there's a lot of wrestlers out there that probably do it for Olive Garden. But when we get to the hundred episode, we'll figure everything out and and Tammy with her arrest. I don't know. Um, what do you think of the um, stuff that's going on in wrestling right now? The ones that got released recently. That's gonna be. Um, it's what WWE always do around this time: spring cleaning. Yeah, but they usually do it like after Mania. But we'll actually talk about that a little bit more on our next episode so maybe after that because there, there's i mean it's still kind of breaking down maybe we'll hear about a little bit more between now and next week yeah um <coughs> but we got frankie i mean pinky sanchez next week and that'll be a fun interview yeah um i know people love frank um pinky and all man you just love frankie you keep I, mentioning I, him i meant pinky dude i'm, I'm not thinking right now it's Marginet time, you know what I mean? Let's smoke some weed. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and one more thing. So, because for some odd reason, when I was going through the recording for the last episode, that got fucked up, and JCL over here said, I want to talk about Joey Ryan's dick. <laughs> so what about the latest nude leaks? That'll be the last thing we talk about for hopping off here. For who? For, uh... Was it Wilder and Matt Riddle? Really? Yeah. And, and and the comments were like, yeah, Riddle, wow. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, well, where do you think you got the, uh, you know, the catchphrase? Bro. <laughs> uh, that explains what he put on his Facebook page earlier. Wait, on. what did he put on there? <laughs> so she will be our first female um, interview. She just added me to her new page. So, oh, shit. So, what do you think of dirt sheets are starting to piss people off? Yeah, it's been doing that for a while. (laughs) Talk about that later. Uh, I'm good. So, so waiting to hear about what, uh... Hold on. I'm trying to find it right now. Dude, remember our first episode? And what was the first topic? It was Big Show versus, um... Mark Henry five star match or something. Yeah, what was the first big show versus What was something? the first topic we talked about? It was nude leaks. <laughs> Found it. What do you say? He responded to the tweet to the um pictures on his Twitter. Stop looking at my dick. Hashtag I stand with Matt Riddle. Hashtag bro. Hashtag stallion. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit. Alright, that's it for this week. Um yeah, it's um this is Fran and... This is D.B. Richards. This is JCO. Yep. Let's hey! Let's dip up. Bro. Bro.